Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! DJ Nation, we are back. It's been a long, hard seven or eight months, or however long it's been since we've last done a show. But here we are. Week one is upon us. We are only a couple days away from the showdown slate on Thursday against the Chiefs and the Lions before we headed to the main course of the week one slate on Sunday. So I'm look, I'm happy. I'm happy it's back. We were talking pre-show about you know how much MLB DFS sucks now. And uh can't really play that so there's not a lot to play over the summer so we're back uh football's back so happy to hear that so but maddie how have you been living dude life's good you know got a got a little one running around now so she's been chasing chasing her around all summer but uh other than that you know done done a few best balls had a few home leagues uh drafts and ready to like you said ready to get back in the dfs streets yeah i'm <laughs> i am looking forward to it i have been excited it feels like uh christmas every day so, uh, and we've already, you know, we've already had some news, uh, and not that it affects the main slate, but Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee today in practice. So that's wonderful. Uh, you know, not that that affects the main not slate, great, at all, but, for, but for showdown, it's definitely going to have uh, an impact on that because I think you have like Noah Gray, that's, which is weird to me that he's $2,400, uh, on showdown. You would think he'd be like 200, maybe $600 or something like that. Not 2,400, but maybe they knew something we did. <laughs> maybe it is yeah. all scripted <laughs> i'm I'm just curious how fast kelsey tries to come back and how what the severity of it is yeah i mean there I, I mean we've seen it before like where like some of these guys have um had like where we, it's, it's taken a couple of days like the swellings went down and they did another mri and we found it was something more but right now they're saying that it's not so we'll see but I don't think he plays. I, I there's I mean, why would you risk that him going out and further injuring something? Like I they said they're gonna test it tomorrow, but I, I think he's out at least this week and maybe one more week. But maybe the Thursday, you know, gives him a little bit more time, uh, instead of it being, you know, like on a you know, later in the week. So it actually gives him a little bit more time to be ready for week two, which they play the Jaguars, so Yeah. That that could be a big game. I mean, repeat of what was that, the the divisional round? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, and Jags got a little more firepower this year, at least on yeah, offense. Yeah, they, Maybe not defense. Calvin but. Ridley, dude. But and who knows? Chris Jones still holding out. But uh, anyways, we're not here to talk about that. Uh, I could talk about that all night. But anyways, <laughs> so week one is here. Let's talk about week one. Let's talk about the main slate. I think this slate is kind of interesting. Now, obviously, you know the disclaimer that we give. I feel like every single year we've been doing this uh, is don't play heavy on week one because there's so much that we don't know. There's and, so much we don't know. Yes. Uh, and just certain situations, like backfield situations, 
uh, wide receivers. I mean, there's just so many different things that we just don't really know. But right now on the main slate, we have the Chargers with the highest applied point total right now at 27. Then you have the Ravens at 26.75. You have the Vikings, 25.75. The Seahawks, the same. And then the Bengals are 25. As we know, I well, I, I think the Chargers and the Dolphins game is going to be the chalk. It's the score total with over 50-plus points, where everything else is kind of a little bit below that. But Maddie at quarterback this week, I think there's some different directions to go where you could pay up for like a Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, or even like Justin Herbert. And then you have the really low range of guys like Sam Howell, who right now has the third highest ownership among quarterbacks on the slate, which is kind of wild to me going up against the Arizona Cardinals. Hmm. And then you have other guys like Baker Mayfield, who seemingly getting some sort of steam. And Jordan Love, who's only 5K. But what are you doing this week at quarterback? Yeah, so, I mean, kind of like you said, it's it's a week where we don't know anything. We think we do, and we don't. So we kind of have to embrace that. Um, but what we think we know, we can kind of try to attack those angles with, you know, where the field is kind of, you know, either uncertain or the field thinks that they know something that, uh, go, goes against what what we're thinking. So I think that there's a couple defenses that are just absolutely abysmal that are on the slate this week. Um, and I mean, I know you mentioned Sam Howell, but how bad is Arizona going to be this year? It's like, I mean, for me, we haven't got to running backs yet, but Brian Robinson Jr. seems like an incredible play uh, at running back this week. Um, you know, the guy got shot in the leg last year and still had carried the ball 20 times a game. So, um, you know, there's di- ways to get difference in, in one way, you know, if Sam Howell's going to be chalk, you know, maybe you play Brian Robinson Jr. T- as a pivot off that. But so trying to attack really bad defenses or what we think are going to be really bad defenses um, in different ways that the field is not going to do that um, is kind of how I think I'm going to approach this week. And so, you know, we got the Cardinals who I think are going to be really bad on defense. We have the Rams uh, who are are playing a divisional matchup against Seattle. And we know Seattle can chuck it. Um, The Raiders is this by God, is this the biggest bounce back spot for Denver, the Denver offense? I mean, literally nobody is going to play Denver after last year. I mean, Russell Wilson has been free in drafts, uh, best balls. Cortland Sutton's been free. Judy's not going before, you know, like the sixth round, fifth round. Um, Tight end is kind of an unknown. Javante Williams has a lot of question marks about how heavily he's going to be involved. You can get what I would expect to be a really low-owned Denver offense this week, um, and and that Raiders defense is going to be what I'm projecting to be really bad. So, um, yeah, there's a a couple – interesting spots and then also on the flip side of that right there's there's spots where there's defenses that we've kind of historically thought would be bad but you know they've made some additions in the offseason and you know their their roster or coaching staff looks a little bit different than what we're typically accustomed to and and a team like that that comes to mind is is the Houston Texans um so you know i know they brought in some some pieces in the secondary and you know, they've had some high draft picks and I know most of them spin on offense, but, um, you know, I don't necessarily think, you know, these, this Texans defense is just going to roll over uh, and, you know, let Lamar do what he wants to do. 
especially, I mean, it's Lamar's first game back in almost a year. So, um, you know, there's just different ways to attack the slate. You know, I'm curious to see what, what the field thinks of, of the Patriots defense. Cause Jalen hurts is, is always somebody that I have interest in playing. Um, cause we know, we know where the ball is going in that offense. So it's really easy to stack up. Um, the Miami and, and Chargers game, that's the obvious one, right? I mean, you, you said it. It's the highest total game of the week. Everybody's going to want pieces of that game. So Herbert and Tua are definitely in play. Um, so, I mean, if you're looking at a cheap QB, I'm not. I'm just not sure how much these running quarterbacks are going to be out there running week one. I guess, you know, if, if games, games are close, you could see Fields really in a divisional game, you know, running for over 100 yards and, you know, it make, would make a ton of sense to play him at 7,700. But, I think one of these cheaper QBs is going to come out in the optimal um, at the, when it's all said and done. And so like Geno Smith is 6,100. I already mentioned, you know, the Rams are what I'm projecting to be bad on defense. They don't have Jalen Ramsey anymore. You know, they're missing a lot of pieces that we're used to. It's pretty much Aaron Donald and nobody else. Um, and, you know, Kenneth Walker has been nursing a groin injury. Charbonnet's a rookie. Like Geno Smith lit the world on fire last year. and and w- we know it's pretty much going to be Lockett and DK uh, out there, you know, and they've got their rookie receivers dealing with a, a fractured wrist. So um, it's pretty easy to stack up Seattle in, in what I project to be a game that they score a bunch of points. Um, so I like Seattle a lot and Geno Smith at 6,100 for being, you know, a top five fantasy quarterback last year feels criminally underpriced, especially playing at home. Um, so he's, he's really interesting. Um that's probably the cheapest I'll go. I don't think I'm going to take a shot on any of the rookie QBs like like Young or Stroud. Uh, Russell Wilson is 5,900. Okay, so he would be the cheapest I would probably go. Um, and then I think Cincinnati-Cleveland is also sneaky, assuming Burrow's a full go, which I, I would think he would be. He's got a Q tag, but I, w- I would assume he's playing. Um, Deshaun Watson, Watson is 6K. Um, so I don't even hate him there. You know, he's got new pieces and weapons that he can utilize like Elijah Moore. Uh, and we know he can, he can have success with Njoku and, and Amari Cooper. So um, that Cincinnati Cleveland is definitely a sneaky game to attack. Um, but there's definitely some good, good, good spots to like here this week. Yeah. So I think for me, when I'm looking at this slate, I think that one, I think the, I don't think the field is really going to pay up for any of the top three quarterbacks. Um, I think everyone's just going to either go down to Herbert or to a, uh, I don't think it like Lamar could be in an elite spot, right? I mean, we know what he can do. We know Todd Monk is taking over as the offensive coordinator. They should, they should throw the ball a lot more. I still think they're going to use Lamar as a runner, you know, not, but maybe not as much as we've typically seen in years past. Now they're getting a matchup against Houston that we should be salivating over. Uh, the, the worry is will, will the Texans be able to push them to a point where they right. have to, you know, continue to throw the ball. And I think that is kind of one of the wild cards because if they can, then I think then you're talking about you're talking about Lamar being in a nuclear spot, right? He has the best pass catching weapons he's ever had with Zay Flowers and uh, obviously Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman and whatever the the body of Odell is, whatever's left there, uh, you know, with him still being there. But he has a ton of pass catching options. The, the, the we're not worried about the Texans uh, defense whatsoever. Uh, so I do think Lamar could be kind of a, a contrarian play because I, I think he's probably going to be sub 5%. Like 
Like I think ownership this week is going to be very flat with like it normally is anyways on a, on a slate, but even more so on a week like this. And so I think Lamar is pretty interesting at 8K, paying all the way up there because people just aren't going to do it. I think also uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, is in a really good spot. Yeah. He was right below the you know the the two quarterbacks. I think they're going to carry the most in Herbert and Tua. Uh, with Trevor Lawrence, you know, to go up against Indy. Indy's secondary is going to be really bad this year. Like, it's going to be really, really bad. Uh, they, you know, obviously traded away, uh, you know, Gilmore over the offseason. And they're they're running out a bunch of guys. Now, they have their, their second-round pick, uh, Juju Brents. And then after that, it's just a bunch of dudes. Um, so that, that secondary is going to be really, really bad. So you're going to be able to throw all over them. Uh, again, same situation. Are the are the are the Colts going to be able to with Anthony with Anthony Richardson going to be able to push uh, the 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 Jaguars be able to throw him much? But either way, I still think that Trevor Lawrence is in the lead spot. You can pair him with Calvin Ridley or Christian Kirk or both or Evan Ingram. So there's a lot of options here within that offense that you can target. Now, so what worries me with Joe Burrow is now it's still Joe Burrow. It's the Bengals, obviously, but. The Browns have been really, really good against the Bengals uh, in his career. I mean, I'm talking like really good. I think the Bengals are like one in four. He hasn't thrown for more than 200 pa- 280 passing yards in a game against them since 2020. Like the the Browns have been really, really good at containing Joe Burrow, and uh, they've allowed last year they allowed the third fewest fantasy uh, DK points to, court, uh, to quarterbacks last year. And like I said, Joe Burrow has just really struggled against this defense, and so. I would almost rather go to the other side of that game, go to Sean Watson, who, uh, you know, is 6,100. He's not going to carry any ownership either. And, you know, this offense uh, is a cheap offense to target with Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore, David Njoku. And so, and we saw him a little bit this offseason uh, or uh, during the preseason run the ball. And he, he does possess that, 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 that ability to do that. Now, he's not like a Lamar Jackson going to be able to do that, but somebody that could get you 40 or 50 rushing yards is certainly in the range of possibilities for Deshaun Watson. So at 6K, I think he does make a lot of sense. Now, the guy that if I'm going to really pay down at quarterback, like everybody's Say all it. over Sam Howell at 4,900. Do it. Because I was just looking at a guy. I'm hoping you say the same guy. It's Jordan Love at 5K. Nah, and like, boo. I Jordan Love looked look great in the pre. Now it is preseason, so I do want to say that. But he looked fantastic in the preseason. Uh, like he looked really good. That offense looked really good. Chicago, I think, is um, you know their their defense is better than what it was last year. They made some improvements, but they still don't have much in in a way of a pass rush. So yes, they they added uh, Ngakwe a few weeks ago, but you know that that's about it. Like they added some linebackers. Uh, their secondary is okay, but like this is definitely a defense you can target. Jordan Love has the ability to run the football. Christian Watson is 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 like six K, and then you have like Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, Luke Musgrave. Like it's a very cheap stack, but everybody's talking about going with a you know Sam Howell, but like nobody's talking about the Packers, and I do think the Packers is one that I think we should look at target now. I get it with Baker Mayfield. I've heard some buzz about him because the Vikings defense is incredibly bad. And so, like you have Chris, you have Mike Evans, and you have Chris Godwin there. So you obviously have the pass catchers to be able to do it. But I just can't play bigger. But who is the quarterback you were talking about? Uh, Derek Carr is really interesting to me because Kendra Miller's supposed to miss this game, right? And we know Kamara is already suspended for three games. So I mean, unless they're going to just turn around and hand off the ball thirty-five times to Jamal Williams. I mean, Carr's going to have to sling it a little bit. And they're playing Tennessee, who we've historically, you know, attacked as a p- complete pass funnel. Like, his- historically, Tennessee has been really, really bad 
uh, against opposing quarterbacks. And that's because they just load the box and play a lot of single high and man on man coverage on the outside. And I mean, good luck doing that to Chris Olave. <laughs> like, and, and we know, you know, Derek Carr showed whether it was Mac Hollins games or Devonte Adams games, you know, Carr has, well, has always, you know, taken to a guy and in one specific game, and we'll just pepper the same guy over and over and over again. Um, if it's a good matchup that he likes. So, uh, I mean, Olave's 65 K 6,500, um, you know, cars, 5,300. It's a very affordable stack to get, you know, what could be all of that passing offense. Um, and then you can even throw in the tight end. I don't, I, I mean, I don't know if you've seen, I haven't really been super honed in on, you know, backup tight ends in, in, uh, you know, in camp, but I mean, is Moreau taking any, like, we know they had that connection in, in Las Vegas, but is he taking any of the snaps away from Jawan Johnson or is that just mainly Jawan Johnson's team? And he's the, he's the A guy. So, yeah. So you just play Jawan Johnson then at 3,900 pair him with car and car and Alave. And um, I mean, even Michael Thomas is, is like 5k. So, um, you know, there's obviously a negative connotation with, with Michael Thomas in, in fantasy football. And, um, you know, he's got a brand new quarterback, you know, it's a new coaching staff. Uh, you know, so who knows? I mean, well, I mean very- and don't get me wrong. I mean, it's, it's, it's intriguing, right? Because the Titans were a complete, uh, just sieve in terms of the passing their corners yeah. are terrible. They're, they're really, really elite against the run but they are really bad against the pass. And so it does, I like, I, I don't like hate the play uh, of playing Derek Carr and, you know, Chris Olave, I think can absolutely cook, but it feels like more like they're in I, New Orleans uh, too. Super dumb. Yeah. And it's, but I also just feel like too, that I would rather just, just play the like Chris Olave, right? Like that, that's, where, yeah, for that's, sure. That's what I, you know, like I definitely have some interest and we'll get to that whenever we get to the, uh, you know, the, the, the wide receivers, like there's definitely some one-off plays that I definitely want to get to. Yep. Um, and then Russell Wilson, I think is also at $5,900. I think you kind of mentioned him a little bit against the Raiders Raiders. I think Raiders defense is going to be terrible. I don't know what the hell is going on with Chandler Jones all of a sudden, but uh, like they don't have the pass rushing depth to be able to cover that. And their, their secondary is going to be so incredibly bad. Like it's so, so bad. Yeah. Mar- the, the ghost of Marcus Peters, who hasn't been good really ever. Like, he was more of a ball hawking corner, like, but like he, like he gets burnt all the time. But now, like last year, he he allowed like a, it was like 116 something passer rating, a 70 percent completion percentage, six touchdowns, at only like 13 games. And then you have uh, a couple other corners that they added. Um, that they're all bad, and so like you're gonna be able to throw all over them. And so I do think that you know even with Jerry Judy likely to miss, you can play Cortland Sutton. You can play Marvin Mims, who's 3K. Mm-hmm. And yep. then you also, you know, have the tight ends uh, that you can go to as well. Um, and so, like, I just think Russell Wilson. But again, like, I don't know if, like, he has that kind of ceiling either that, like, I that I really want to get to either. So, I don't know. I, but I do think that he would be a guy. So, like, for me, I, I'm going to either pay up for Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields. I think both, both those do uh, are going to be low-owned and they shouldn't be. If not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the middle range of Trevor Lawrence. And if I'm going to pay down um, – I'm going to go to Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love is going to be a kind of an off the radar kind of play that he's going to carry no ownership, but I think the the upside's there. So I'm looking at a quarterback. I I'm going to sprinkle in some Chargers of uh, Dolphins. You have to get you have to, that game. yeah. But I'm just not. It's I'm not going to go all in on that game either. Um, but I'll definitely have pieces for sure. Yeah, and I mean they played 
I think it was just once last year, but I mean, it was like 24 to 20, I think was the ending score. And nobody had, you know, like Tyreek only caught four of his 10 targets for 80 yards and a touchdown. So like there was not any, you know, had to have it plays um, from that game. And we'll talk, talk a little bit more about that game when we get to running back too, which is probably soon. Yeah. And I, I saw today, I, I can't remember. I wish I could credit to where I saw it from, but um, it was this crazy stat that last year Tua had five 300 yard passing games last year. And in those Tyreek and uh, Ty- Tyreek and Jalen Waddle had a hundred yard games um, nine times. Yeah. It's because I mean, they're almost, almost every, almost every one of those, they both, because that's all there is there. That's so yeah. That's the offense. Stack because yep. yes, it's not super spread out or anything like that. So, well, that's why, anyways. that's why we like Seattle and why we like Denver, right? Like we, we should have a pretty good idea where the ball's going, but we don't, you know, even if like, even if McLaurin's out for Washington, I feel like they can just do some weird stuff. Like the enemy coming over from Kansas city, you know, that just the Kansas city playbook, right. Of just getting everybody involved and just keeping, keeping the defense from not being able to predict what the offense is doing. So like, even if McLaurin's out, I think everybody's going to play uh, Dotson, which don't get me wrong. Dotson's a really good player and and is a great play this week. Um, but it's like Washington can still do a bunch of stuff, you know, with all these different guys like Cole Turner at tight end or, you know, um, you know, Curtis Samuel might end up getting getting some decent work and, you know, Dotson and Gibson and Robinson. But then you got like the Seahawks. I mean, either the running back scoring or it's Lockett and Metcalf if if you know smith and jigba's out so you know there's just a lot of easy stacks and high upside spots that you know i don't think the field's going to necessarily gravitate towards and so that's where i'm going to go yeah all right so let's let's go ahead and jump over to the running back position um you have christian mccaffrey's 8700 eckler's 84 nick chubbs 82 brian Ro- or brian b john robinson is 8k uh i was a little surprised they already steamed him up that high I mean, I, I, I don't like, I don't have any problem with it, but yeah, I think you're probably right. Cause he was like 5,800 or something. He'd like be hundred percent on. Yeah. So then right there, you have Derek Henry, Jerry, uh, Josh Jacobs, Ramondre Stevenson, Travis Etienne, Joe Mixon, uh, JK Dobbins, Alexander Madison, James Connor, Aaron Jones, uh, Cam Akers, Najee Harris, and Ken Walker all in 6k above range. Of these running backs, I'll say this. I really don't have much interest in playing much of like Christian McCaffrey or Austin Eckler or Nick Chubb. Like, nope. I don't just don't think any of them are going to like kill me. Like, I think the guys that I really want to play are in the 6K range. Like, I don't mind Bijan. Like, I do think that he's not a bad play at 8K. Um, but I think the running backs that I'm really most dra- gravitated towards is J.K. Dobbins for one. He's 6,600. Uh, you get Houston. I mean, we know how Houston was absolutely atrocious against the run last year. They averaged like they allowed something like 100, almost 150 rushing yards per game last year. Like they are truly terrible. And there's been some talk lately that J.K. Dobbins is actually more involved in the passing game than what people think he's going to be because he's never really typically been involved in the passing game. But $6,600 for J.K. Dobbins is an elite spot. Joe Mixon at 6,800 against Cleveland, who really struggled to stop the run last year. And then Aaron Jones at 6,300 feels incredibly too cheap for the upside that he possesses. Uh, in this game against Chicago, who also was really bad against the run last year. So, like, those three guys really stand out to me as plays that I really want to get to. Yeah, I, I don't really hate any of those. I'm, you know, I'm good with not paying up as well this week. There's there's a bunch of guys in the 5K range that I like, so that's probably where I'm going to go. 
Well, uh, why don't you just uh, who's it that you're? Uh, is it Raheem Mostert? That's your that's your yeah. most Fifty one hundred for sure. Yeah, I do like Mostert. Um, you know, Jeff Wilson's on IR. You know, a chain's been uh, dealing with an injury through camp, and he's a rookie. So, and and Mostert's a he's a disciple of you know, the, the coaching staff coming over from San Francisco. So, um, you know, he was a starter last year. We've seen his heavy involvement can be he- heavily involved in the past game, can get goal line work. I think he's going to be a full, you know, th- three down 85% of snaps back this week. Um, and we know the chargers have historically been a very good run funnel. Um, so yeah, I do like Mostert a lot just from the fact that he's probably not going to hardly come off the field. And it's one of the highest total games of the week. Um, and it's probably a different piece that, you know, I don't think everybody wants to gravitate towards the past games there. So he may, he may go a bit overlooked. Um, I already mentioned Brian Robinson, 5,100 against the atrocious Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I mean, the Cardinals just, they just don't have anybody. Like I'm just expecting them to get steamrolled every single week. Washington's a seven point favorite. Washington shouldn't be a seven point favorite over anybody, but they are. Um, Robinson, like I said, you know, guy gets shot in the leg with like a week before the season starts last year and comes out a couple weeks later and he's carrying the ball 20 times a game in the NFL. Dude's a freak. So give me a fully healthy Brian Robinson Jr. at 5,100 against the worst defense in the NFL or what should be uh, this year. Um, And they're playing at home as well. So I'm expecting a very full uh, workload for him. and, And we've seen him catch passes as well. I know Antonio Gibson is the in the historically the third down back, but they they say they want to get uh, B Rob involved, you know, more in the pass game as well. So I do like him. Um, and then in the same, you know, kind of in the same breath of not coming off the field as Mostert uh, is Jamal Williams in New Orleans, and for all for the same reasons, you know, I mentioned that Carr is a good play because you know they may not just turn around and hand the ball off thirty five times to Jamal Williams, but if they do turn around and hand the ball off to somebody that much it will be Jamal Williams because they don't have hardly anybody else on that roster that they can turn around. And I know Taysom Hill mix in and probably will get some of the could steal some goal line work, but Jamal Williams led the NFL in touchdowns last year. So, I mean, it's not crazy to think that his role carries over to New Orleans, especially when they don't have anybody else this week. And, you know, everybody's going to see the the red number four and say, Oh, Tennessee, you can't run on them. And again, if we're yes, historically using, Tennessee's matchup as as on paper yes playing a running back against them is is bad but defenses tend to not be sticky year over year uh and things change and you know what we assume about a defense is not always correct so I mean who knows maybe Tennessee will end up being one of the worst rush defenses in the NFL this year we don't know so um and we also don't know what the Saints offensive game plan is going to look like either so I mean there's a very real possibility Jamal Williams is up in that 85% snap bucket as well. Um, and doesn't have a ton of pass catching ability, but at the same time, Derek Carr loves just dumping it off to running backs. And so if he's the one, the guy that's on the field, I mean, I could see him getting a handful of targets here too. And he's, he's 5,100. So um, those three guys really stand out to me from a, a usage standpoint. Um, and then in that similar price range, Consider me on the side of the fence with Javante Williams that he's not going to get a full workload right out of the gate. And they they know that P. Ryan's a capable number two that can handle 15 to 18 touches. Um, and they ease Jamal 
or ease Javante Williams in with like, you know, 10 to 12, maybe, um, you know, and, and if Javante is, is uh, the guy that ends up getting all the work, you'll, you'll probably have had to have played him because he's 5,700. But I mean, P Ryan absolutely is in play as well. 5,100 if they end up splitting or if it favors P Ryan a little bit um, because it's only week one. So I think P Ryan is, is absolutely interesting as well at 5,100 and in the same breath, you know, if, if you're on the side that, you think Javante's ready for a full workload and he gets 65% of the snaps and sees six to eight targets. I mean, he, you have to play him at 5,700 against Vegas. You, you have to. Yeah. I think, I think that situation is going to be one that we want to parse out. Like, I don't really know what direction could go. I do think Javante Williams is going to play a little bit more of like the Alvin Kamara role in this offense, especially early in the season. So it wouldn't surprise me one bit if Javante Williams ended up with something like, four or five targets in, in this game because they, especially in the preseason, they really utilized him. I think he had like five targets in the one game that he played in the preseason, something like that. It was four or five targets that he had in the preseason on only a couple drives that he played. Uh, I do think that is a way that they could really get him more involved. And honestly, it makes the most sense. Like you're not going to take that wear and tear, you know, between the tackles and all that stuff uh, whenever you can get somebody out in space. And we know how good Javante Williams is in, uh, is in space. So I could see a situation where maybe that's a little bit more of what his role is. He's a little bit more involved in the passing game, but utilized a little bit less in the run game uh, to start the season. And so, would be smart. Yeah, I mean, it it could be a way that maybe uh, he still is a valuable option at 5,700 against this Raiders team. Um, And so, like, I've thought about playing him just because of how what his price is, but I just don't know if I will get there. And maybe you're right. Maybe going Samaj P Ryan at 5,100 is probably a smarter, cheaper option and stuff like that. But I do think somebody that you mentioned, Devon A-Chain, I think could actually be a very sneaky play. Uh, he shed the, uh, the non-contact jersey uh, Monday. So he's going to be good to go. He's $4,900. Uh, they've been, there's been a lot of talk about him. I and mean, he is definitely their pass catching running back. Uh, he is on the smaller side. He's like 5'8", uh, 188, 190 pounds. But Raheem Moster is not a big running back either. He's only 195 pounds. So, but I mean, De- Devon A. Chain has you know that four three eight speed. They they love this guy. I think they're going to somebody. They're really going to try to utilize getting out in space. And if this is like a a back and forth type of game, a little bit more high scoring. I think Devon A. Chain could be a player, especially without the the, the limited number of options that they have. And he is a perfect fit for this outside zone scheme that that Mike McDaniels runs. And so at $4,900, uh, he's kind of a, yeah, he's not something I want to have a, a ton of exposure to, but like he definitely could be a player who sees five or six targets in this game and, you know, maybe eight carries, something like that. And so I don't know if you necessarily need to get there, but like just a little bit different of a play. Uh, and he could have a better, a little bit bigger role. And let's be honest, uh, Raheem Mostert's never been one to uh, stay healthy. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, uh, you know, you, you start watching NFL red zone and all of a sudden it's, Raheem Mostert left the game with undisclosed injury all of a sudden. So, and he's 30 plus years old. And so I D- D- Devon H. I think is somebody that we should be definitely uh, at least have some, some intrigue with, but um, it'd probably be more of a, like if you're a 20 max or 150 max type play versus, you know, you're, you're not doing that in like a one entry or three entry max or anything like that. But so, so for me, I think really it comes down to, I'm really going to have a lot of exposure to those running backs that I mentioned. Um, and then I do think I, I did mention that Travis Etienne, I think also, especially in this game against Indianapolis, $6,900, uh, somebody that I would also look at as well. So I'm going to be hanging out in this middle tier. I think oh, Rashad White, I don't know if you mentioned that, 5500 because Minnesota's defense is terrible, right? And I do think that Baker Mayfield, we saw it last year, he targeted running backs. He checked down at the highest rate in the league last year. And so Rashad White, especially out the gate, 
uh, at $5,500, I do think that if you're going to pay down in this 5K range, I think he's the one that makes the most sense because he is their lead back. Yes, Sean Tucker has drawn some hype lately, but I think at least initially they're going to give him every opportunity to fail. And so $5,500 Rashad White, I think also in a game that could be uh, they're trailing, they're going to have to throw the ball more. Uh, I do think that is a pretty intriguing option at $5,500. So uh, those are probably be the running backs I'm definitely looking at the most. Yep. I th- I'm i right there with you. Just don't pay up. I don't think it's necessary to pay up at running back in, in this week. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that are going to be on the field in that 5 to 6K range. All right. Let's, let's move over to wide receiver. I think we kind of parsed through the running backs enough. Um, for me, this one is – so you have – you know, the top tier of Justin Jefferson, 8,800. Uh, Cooper Cup, who uh, is not going to play this week. I, I'm not even, I know he's questionable. He's not playing. He's still in Minnesota uh, getting checked out for this hamstring issue. He's not playing. And so you have Tyree Kill at $8,200. Jamar Chase, 8,100. Uh, then in the 7K range is Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddell, and D.K. Metcalf. And then the 6K range is DeAndre Hopkins, which no thanks, at $6,900. T. Higgins, Tyler Lockett. Jerry Judy, who I don't think that he's going to play. He did some conditioning work, stuff like that, but I don't think he'll play. I think they, they take it safe with him, but he's 6,600. Calvin Ridley, 65. Chris Olave at 6,500. And then you have Terry McLaurin, who's very questionable with this uh, turf toe issue. Mike Evans, Michael Pittman, DJ Moore, and Christian Watson in the 6K range and above. So what are some guys you're looking at in this range? I really like the Seattle guys, and I know we mentioned it with Gino, but you know Metcalf is seven K and Lockett's six seven. I just man, they're gonna they're gonna be that whole offense, and I think they're gonna just continue to ride Gino again this year. And I mean, we already mentioned it. Walker is dealing with a banged up groin, and you know Charbonnet's a rookie, so um, I don't know, man. I just I just have a feeling that Gino's gonna cook here, uh, and and you know both both the big boys are in play. Um, and even even in the the first game that they played the Rams last year, uh, usually both DK and Lockett don't don't smash together. But in Week 13 last year, DK had 29.7, and Lockett had 30.8. And then you pair that with Gino, who in Week 13 had 27.9. So, you know, that's pretty much 90 points there from a three-man stack uh, against the same team. And now this team doesn't have Jalen Ramsey and a couple other pieces. I really like it. So the two Seattle guys are high on my list. Um, obviously, you can play Tyreek and, and Keenan Allen from the, the Chargers-Miami game. Um, you mentioned the Bengals' struggles on uh, against Cleveland. I still think Jamar Chase is in play, but it's probably – it's probably Chase without Burrow is kind of how I would approach that. I don't think you need to load up Burrow, but definitely think Chase is in play. I'm not sure I'm going to get up to the Justin Jeffersons of the world, um, you know, 8,800, because, man, in week one, at 8,800, you have to score like almost 40 points for you to really burn me for not playing. And I know he did it last year in week one against Green Bay. He scored 45, but I don't know. It's a It's a tough one. I just feel like... This game against Tampa, they're not going to really, you know, push the ball on the other side. And now, granted, Minnesota's defense is bad enough that maybe Tampa scores some points. And, you know, Jefferson has to continue um, to smash. And and it is in Minnesota, so it is in the Dome, which definitely helps, as opposed to being outside in Tampa. 
I think if I was paying up, I would play Jefferson over like Tyreek and Chase. But man, I just don't know that I'm going to get there. I think I'm going to live in like this this six to seven K range. Like you already mentioned, Olave, um, Calvin Ridley's in in his first game back. I know in a couple years, but you know he's already shown a rapport with Lawrence in the preseason. You know, what he had three catches for thirty yards on that first drive or whatever it was. Um, so I'm not really worried about Russ there at all. Uh, and you know Christian Kirk smashed in the league dog role last year. We saw J- Zay Jones smash um, in some games where he was the lead dog. So I just think that offense as a whole is just going to be very, very, very good this year. And I don't think the any defense is going to be able to hold them uh, down at all. Um, so I really like Olave and uh, Ridley there in the mid mid sixes, in addition to the Seattle guys. Um, and outside of that, yeah, the 6K range is pretty, I mean, that's pretty much where it stops for me. I can de- you could definitely play Christian Watson as well, um, especially if, if Jordan Love is going to continue to have success. Um, I mean, Love is, has spent a lot of time, you know, as the backup QB learning under Rodgers, and now he's finally gets his chance. And, you know, he he had some some big plays to Watson last year down the stretch, and um, it's definitely a viable connection. So, you know, Watson's definitely in play there against Chicago, who was in abysmal defense last year. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Yeah, so I agree with a lot of a lot of that. I love. I mean, in the six K range, I love Chris Olave and uh, and Ridley. I think both of yep. those dudes are in just smash smash spots. Uh, Olave, especially against Tennessee. I Tennessee's secondary is so bad. Olave was the best deep threat wide receiver, one, or one of the best you know deep ball receivers last year in the league. And so and Carr can sling it deep too. Yeah. It, yes. Uh, so at sixty five hundred, like he's just in such a great spot. Uh, kind of one of those one-offs I was talking about, but paying up, like, you know, obviously Tyreek at $8,200, like that's probably as high as I'll go. Like, I agree. I don't think you have to go to Justin Jefferson, yeah. but uh, Tyreek Hill at $8,200. The dude can go nuclear at any time. He can absolutely crush this slate by himself. And then, um, you know, between the Chargers wide receivers, like I do like Keenan Allen. I think you can get there because they're going to be missing Jalen Ramsey. He is on IR, so they're not going to have him. The secondary is going to be very suspect uh, to say the least. And to be fair, I mean, to be honest, the, this, the Chargers offensive line, now that it's completely healthy, is going to be really good. Uh, this offense is going to be top five in pace this year. Yep. They're going to throw the ball a ton. But I also think Mike Williams, big uh, big game Mike, who yep. is 5,700, uh, is well within play as well. And maybe I'd rather pay down to him at $5,700 instead of paying up for Keenan Allen at 7,300. Um, I, I like that direction as well uh, for, in it, within this. And then uh, Tyler Lockett, 6,700. I, I completely agree. 
So the, this is the Rams secondary. Let's play a little game. I want you to tell me who you've heard of from the set. This is their entire secondary, okay? I think this might be the only name you know. Uh, Akilah Witherspoon. Have you ever heard of him? Yeah, he was San Francisco. Yeah, so that, that's the. I think that's gonna be the only guy. Trey Tomlinson uh, is behind him. He's their twenty twenty three six round pick. Uh, the, on the other side, starting is going to be Darian Kendrick, who's their twenty twenty two six round pick. Behind him is Duke Shelley, undrafted free agent. Uh, the nickel is going to be Kobe Durant, and then you have uh, their strong safety is Jordan Fuller and Quinton Lake, and then you have free safety. You have twenty twenty two seventh round pick Russ Yeast. I told you it's bad. It is going to be so fucking bad for this second. I mean, they feel so bad for Aaron Donald, right? Like, I know there's been talks about, like, trading him and stuff like that. And I, I, I He should have just I retired. He talked about yes. it. He should have just done it. He was it. going to, and then he came back, and this whole thing just needs to be blown up. Like, actually, the, the Rams finally have a first-round pick next year. They just need to blow this entire thing up uh, and, and try to just, just suck, right? And just – Caleb, Caleb Williams, right? Do you think Do you think Stafford can keep it close enough to where Geno continues to throw? Because I could see it in the second half if it's a twenty one point game that you know they just turn around and hand the ball off to the rookie. But yeah, I mean it's it's possible because like I, like without Cooper Cup, like I, I mean I guess we could talk about so Puka Nakao is three K, right? So I think he's gonna be somebody that a lot of people are gonna like and gravitate towards down the three K range. Like there's some like pretty solid three K wide receivers this week. Puka is one. He's three K. Because Cooper's the Cup's not going to play. But I think I, if I'm going to play somebody, if I'm going to have a runback option, it's going to be Tyler Higby. The games last year without Cooper Cup, he had like a 24% target share within and the offense. games with Cooper Cup. It defense was like is a tight end funnel. Yes. And so, uh, yeah. So I, I think if I was going to do a runback, it's going to be uh, Tyler Higby. But like the, and Marvin Mims is 3K. But like, yeah, like it, that's tough because they just don't have anybody else to throw the fucking ball to. Right, like I think they're going to try to control the clock. I could try to control the game. Cam Akers, Seattle did struggle a lot against the run last year, but uh, Cam Akers, I think, is they're going to try to utilize him as much as they can and try to make this just a really low, low pace uh, game. Try to you know, kind of slug it out type of game here uh, before you know, because without Cooper Cup, I mean, they just have nobody else. There's nobody that anybody's concerned with, uh, you know, in the secondary or in, within this offense in terms of weapons. So. That that is my concern with this. Like, is like we, we know if you let Pete Carroll just run the ball, like Pete Carroll will run yeah. the fucking ball, right? Yep. And so that's the concern with this game. Like, is there enough here with that to be able to push? I think if, if Cooper Cup was playing, it would be a different conversation. But since he's not, I mean, you're talking about Van Jefferson and Puka Nacal as like their 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 wide receivers, right? Tutu Atwell, like it's it's bad. Um, I guess the, and so. I guess the point becomes so we let's say you're you're playing Geno with the double stack of Lockett and Metcalf at that point you're going to need Seattle to score 30 plus for you to to take down turnies. Can the Rams get to 20 points? I mean 20 isn't all that much but I mean it's only two touchdowns. And I mean Stafford's good enough that he can do it. Yeah, but like <clears throat> I mean, the the Rams' offensive line is still not going to be very good. Like, and the Seattle's defense has gotten better. Like, they, they just made- Seattle just doesn't pressure the QB though. They just they rush four and sit back. Is is yeah. typically their mo. I mean, and again, this is all with the all with the looking through the lens of you know we're we're relying a little bit on pr- priors to make future pr- predictions. So I mean, they could come out with a completely different game plan and, and blitz the hell out of Stafford and play a lot of single coverage on the outside, but that would just be something we haven't seen out of Seattle, you know, in 
pretty much ever since the Legion of Boom was created. Well, I mean, they obviously their secondary is completely revamped. They you know spent a top ten pick on a, on another corner this year too. So yeah, uh, I mean, this defense is going to be completely different, uh, or at least a little bit more different. I think this defense is going to be better than what it was last year. So, like, I think next week's the week that we're really going to want to go all in on Seattle. Uh, because they play the Lions, so we get another rematch of that oh, monster. God. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be one that everybody's going to be on for sure. After what happened last year with the, with those two teams, so damn. Uh, yeah, that so, really makes yeah, you want to get on them this week because they're going to be so popular next week, especially if they go off this week. Oh, for sure. That's all I'm going to be talking about. What was it, like 48 to 45 or whatever Yeah, it was, it was 48 it was... to 45. Hawkinson caught a, a billion passes and Gino threw for a million yards. Yeah, you either, either, you either had all the pieces of that game or you didn't make any money. Yeah, like Hawkinson scored like 42 that week. Yeah. And so did was... Gino and DK and Lockett. And they all they just smashed. Yeah. But, was... but yeah, no, I'm with you, man. I, I think Seattle is a phenomenal we just we know where the ball's going. Like that secondary you you just listed off is so that's all you're asking a lot of young guys to cover DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett is all I'm is all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean with not much. I mean obviously they have Aaron Donald. So Aaron Donald's going to be able to, uh, you know, be able to get pressure, no, just triple team him. Yes, and so that's, they're not. Gonna, I don't think they're going to be able to get a ton of pressure, which is the problem. Right? You have to have an elite pass rush to be able to cover up some of those some of those issues, right? And so, um. Now I think some of the, now the five K range I think is really really good. I think like I already mentioned with uh, Mike Mike Williams at fifty seven hundred dollars, yep. and then yep. you have Christian Kirk who's fifty six hundred dollars. Debo Samuel's only fifty five hundred, uh, and then you have Deontay Johnson who I know a lot of people are going to see San Francisco and they're not going to want to play anybody from Pittsburgh. But San Francisco's secondary was not very good last year. They really struggled against uh, opposing quarterbacks and opposing wide receivers. Like that's how you beat them. And then we have Nick Bosa who might not even play. In that game, which is looking more and more likely that he won't, uh, because they're probably not going to get a con- uh, contract done by then. But Deontay is only fifty three hundred, and then you have Kurt, uh, Cortland Sutton, who's only fifty two hundred with no Jerry Judy. He's going to be the one hundred percent the the target hog in this offense. Gonna be the guy to be him, and then Marvin Mims, who I mentioned, is only three uh, k. So he is in play. Sutton is I, a phenomenal play. Yes, at fifty two hundred dollars, and then you have Jahan Dotson, but Jahan Dotson is going to be. Probably thirty plus percent rostered because it doesn't sound. He's gonna right. Dotson's gonna be what three times as as much percentage as as uh, Sutton at the same price. I w- I would assume yeah. John Dotson's going to be ridiculously owned, and especially if Terry McLaurin's out. Yeah, because in the preseason, John Dotson was peppered with targets once uh, yep. Terry McLaurin left, and so he's only five k. So he's going to be ridiculously owned. At that price, so I do think you know if you want to pivot to somebody like Cortland Sutton at fifty two hundred, and even somebody like Jordan Addison, who's only fifty one hundred, the rookie wide receiver against Tampa, like I think that is also another way the, you can get leverage off of that. The issue with Sutton last year was not volume; it was efficiency. And he had over a hundred targets. He almost had a thousand yards receiving. He only caught like what four touchdowns. He just he only caught like forty five percent of his targets that he had. Or fifty, whatever, whatever. I don't remember if it was forty-five or sixty catches that he had, but it was a really inefficient. Hey, you're 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 going deep, and I'm just going to miss you deep. It was you know the mo for the Broncos in Sutton last year. But I mean, if those if you know that connection has gotten a little better now in year two, there's there's zero expectations uh, for the Broncos now, and 
um, you know, with Sean Payton in town, you know, maybe that offense is a little more efficient and, you know, Russ has, doesn't have any of the pressure on him anymore because of how bad they were last year. And so I don't know, I can just see, you know, Sutton hanging 140 yards and two scores this week. Nathaniel Hackett was so bad. So, so bad. Incredibly bad. Yes. So, so bad. incredibly bad last year. So yes, I think I, I do think that Cortland Sutton uh, makes for a really strong play. And then in the 4k range, um, Zay, Zay Flowers at 4k. Yep. For sure. Against Houston. Like it is a real possibility that he is their number one wide receiver, right? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, Rashad 100%. Bateman's more than he is. Uh, Odell's more than he is. And he's only 4K against Houston. So Zay Flowers is somebody that I'm going to have a lot of exposure to. Elijah Moore is only $3,800. That is incredibly too cheap. He's going to be the number, probably the number two target on this team. There's been a lot of talk about utilizing him a little bit more like a, like a Devo Samuel type. We're going to put him in the backfield. They're going to really try to get the ball in his hands in space. And so – I think that $3,800, like it's not going to take much for him to be able to beat that. And then, like I already mentioned, I think the really cheap guys you're going to have is Puka Nakao at 3K. And Marvin Mims is an absolute smash play at only 3K, especially if Jerry Judy is out. But I also think Marvin Mims is going to carry a ton of ownership. Like it's going to be reflected in that, uh, in his ownership. Because I just think at 3K, everybody's going to want to play him, especially if Jerry Judy's out. So, dude, uh, I think every, those are, everybody's going to play Dotson. And Mims and playing Mims without Russ means you're not going to play Sutton too. And everybody's just going to play Dotson instead. And Sutton is going to end up 10% on against the Raiders, is what's going to happen. Yeah, I 100% can see that. So that's kind of where I'm coming in at, at the wide receiver position. I think we've kind of hit on everything. I'm interested. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I think we covered it. Yeah. All right. So let's jump over to tight ends. Uh, obviously, no Kelsey, which we, we may not have Kelsey at all this week anyway, no matter what he was playing uh, with the injury. But uh, he's obviously not on the slate anyway. But Mark Andrews, 6,200. TJ Hawkinson, 5,900. You have George Kittle at 57. Dallas Goddard at 5K. And then in the 4K range, you have uh, Higby, Evan Ingram, Dalton Schultz, Kyle Pitts, Komet, Gerald Everett, David Njoku, Patty Fry, and Greg Dulcich. So what are you doing at tight end this week? I mean, you already mentioned Higby uh, in that game stack there. He would definitely be the run back. And I just love using tight ends in, in my game stack as it is because uh, that's where, you know, a lot of touchdowns come from the tight end position uh, when they get in close. So um, I'm surprised they put a price him up at 4,800. I guess they already had the cup news. But um, if this was out before the cup news, I mean, 4,800, <laughs> that's pretty expensive for Higby. I don't even think he was that much at all last year. But um, so you're definitely going to pay for him. Um, I think he was usually like three, eight, three, nine. Um, so yeah, Higby's interesting. I mean, you can definitely play Ingram. I mean, the addition of Ridley should just make the offense better as a whole, um, and lead to more scoring opportunities. Um, you know, I think maybe people click less of Christian Kirk's name and, and Evan Ingram's name because of Ridley. And I think that's probably a mistake. Um, you know, we saw Lawrence last year will, will spread the ball around to multiple guys. Uh, you know, Zay Jones went for 30 plus a couple times and Ingram did the same and, and Christian Kirk did the same. So, um, you know, there is plenty of plenty of action to go around in that offense. So definitely would not be afraid of clicking uh, Evan Ingram's name, especially if you're playing Trevor Lawrence. Um, Njoku, we already mentioned, you know, wanting to play Deshaun Watson, possibly. Uh, I would definitely play him if I was playing Watson. Uh I wish I knew which which tight end was going to play uh, in Denver. Uh, I mean, Dulcich is definitely, you know, the more talented pass catcher. 
and would be the logical option. But, you know, with, uh, you know, Trotman coming in from New Orleans, that's, you know, another Sean Payton guy. Um, you know, I could see him just taking over the the number one role. So that's a lot of uncertainty there. But um, yeah, one so one tight end that I'm kind of interested to see how well. Um, well, I'll, I'll mention three more tight ends and then I'll turn it over to you. So one, in, one tight end I'm really interested to see how well they do this year. And that's Irv Smith Jr. in Cincinnati. And I know Joe Burrow's not historically been a big target to tight end guy. But I mean, there were usable weeks last year for Hayden Hurst and um, I mean, Irv Smith has always shown that he's an athletic pass catching tight end. So he's definitely somebody I'm going to keep an eye on. I'm not sure I'm going to use him this week, but um, he's cheap enough to where, you know, if he doesn't really have the best game in the world to where his, his price is going to carry over moving forward and we can play him in good matchups, probably at a cheap price. Um, and then uh, McBride for Arizona is another one. He, you know, was the the award winner for college receiving tight ends two years ago and was a rookie last year. And we saw him smash um, in one of the weeks last year. And he's got, you know, a backup quarterback that we know backup QBs tend to love to target the tight ends because they're safety blankets and don't like to force things down the field. So McBride's really interesting, especially if you're stacking up Washington. And then also on the flip side um, of that same game, I mean, Logan Thomas has a Q tag. If he's out, Cole Turner wheels up anybody. Former former wide receiver turned tight end that everybody in the whole Washington fan base when they when they picked up Turner said that they they saw Bienemy turning him into his his version of Travis Kelsey. So I don't know. It's uh one of those kind of unknown off the wall plays, but um Cole Turner is definitely athletic enough to where uh he can have monster mismatches with linebackers and 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 nickel nickel corners. Um like I said, former wide receiver transitioned to tight end. So um, definitely super interesting play there. Especially if McLaurin's out and Logan Thomas. Yeah, no. Yeah, I think uh, so for me, Gerald Everett, I think starts, uh, you know, somebody that I really want to look at. I mean, Tyler, we've already talked about starting to get him, but Gerald Everett $4,300 against Miami. Um, I think that, you know, he's probably, you know, I think, Five to seven targets is definitely in the range of outcomes for him, and so at his price, at only at only forty three hundred dollars, is somewhere that I'm definitely going to be looking and, and having quite a bit of exposure to. Juwan Johnson already mentioned, but Juwan Johnson is only thirty nine hundred dollars. He's utilized heavily inside the red zone, um, and so uh, big time uh, red zone threat. And then Chignikwa. Chigakonkwo at $3,800, obviously super explosive tight end. We saw him last year just have some really big games. And, you know, if they do trail and they do fall behind in this game, you know, I think Chick could be somebody that we could take a look at, you know, uh, as as a really strong option. He's only $3,800 against the Saints. And so the Saints weren't great last year against opposing tight ends either. And so um, $3,800, I think Chig uh, could be something – if you want to get a little bit different. And then uh, Luke Musgrave, I think, is somebody we definitely could be looking at at $2,900. Uh, I mean, he pretty much, he ran a ton with the one slash or, uh, over the preseason. And they don't have anybody else behind him. Obviously, Robert Tunyon is gone. And so, you know, him and Jordan Love have really seemed to build a, a pretty strong rapport over the preseason. So $2,900, Luke, Luke Musgrave, I think, is, is also a place that uh, if you want to get cheap at tight end, um, and really, I mean, at $2,900, he doesn't even do a whole lot. You know, 
three catches and a, and a touchdown. I mean, you're you're in business. Uh, so I think Luke Musgrave, super athletic tight end, is somebody that uh, that we definitely um, should be looking at, at as an option this week. It's kind of a cheap uh, tight end option, and then uh, maybe I mean, maybe someone like Kyle Granson. So Jelani Woods was placed on IR, so it's kind of him and uh, Mo Ali Cox, and so but Kyle Granson. Uh, is only $2,900 as well. And, you know, Anthony Richardson uh, could be somebody that, uh, you know, with the limited resources in terms of talent here, uh, no Jonathan Taylor, obviously, in this offense. I guess that's something we didn't really talk about with Deion, the Deion Jackson and Evan Hole situation here because um, I don't think Zach Moss is going to play. And so it's going to be those two. And both of those guys are, like, super cheap running backs. Uh, both of them are, I think, in the 4K range. Dude, Hole uh, is, is an elite pass catching running back and the dude yeah. had like almost a hundred catches in college which is it's unheard of i will say Deion jackson um last year i think he had five games last year who was a part-time player who yeah. had, had a 10 percent uh, uh target share in each uh, five game uh, each five games last year so that he could be utilized there as well but kyle grants it could be another option really cheap option uh for uh something like anthony richardson to look at so uh, I think if you wanted to go there, maybe we can look at that. But that's kind of all I have at tight end. I'm pretty much going to be pretty narrow here with Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett. And then I might mix in a few guys here and there. But jo- and Juwan Johnson. Are I'm going to have so much there. Cole Turner, I can see it now. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it's weird. I mean, obviously, <laughs> Mark Andrews, certainly, uh, if you want, if you had the, the money to pay up for somebody that's tied tight end at $6,200, you could do that. But um, I'm not playing George Kittle at all. So I'm not worried about that. Oh, also, if if somehow Mark Andrews is ruled out, you just play likely and you move on. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's a good call. You just, it doesn't matter if he's 55, 60% on. You just click the button and move. I I think he returned to practice today. So um, Okay, but definitely something yeah. to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, so we'll see. But uh, defenses, let's just scroll to the bottom because that's yep. what we do. We don't even talk about the top guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have like the Texans, the Bucks, the Raiders, the Colts, the Dolphins, the Cardinals, the Titans, the Browns, the Panthers, Rams, Patriots. I mean, there, there's quite a bit of options here that are sub 3K uh, at, at defense. Uh, is there anybody that stands out? I like, uh, well, obviously the Commanders at 2,800, That's but that's who everybody's going to click, right? But it, it's really hard not to click it because these other ones are just kind of you know, like $200, $300 cheaper, and that's it. It's like, you're not playing... I don't think you're going to play Houston against Baltimore. You could, because they're min-price. Um, Tampa at Mini. Vegas at Denver. Indy at home against Jacksonville. Miami at the Chargers. Arizona at Washington. And then you start, you're start. all of a sudden, you're at $2,500. You're only $300 cheaper than Washington at home against Arizona. I think if you're only playing, you know, a couple teams, I would just click Washington and move on. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mind that. I don't. Otherwise, I'd probably just click the bottom one and click Houston and just pray for the unknown. I mean, maybe the Packers at twenty eight hundred dollars. You know, Justin Fields can be inaccurate at times and turn the ball over. So, you know, pick six. They do have good pass. They do have a good pass rush. Their secondary is pretty good. But like, so twenty eight hundred dollars Packers. Like, I, I don't mind. If they were at home, I'd love it. But they're on the road. Yeah, I mean. Other than that, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the Falcons, thirty-two hundred. I mean, that's is a little bit more that I'd want to go up to. But the Falcons and the Seahawks, thirty-three and thirty-two hundred dollars. If you had the money to cover it, um, your Cleveland you team. Th- you said Burrow's not good against Cleveland. Cleveland's at home. 
Yeah, that's fair. Twenty six hundred dollars. We know their pass rush is really good with Miles Garrett and everybody else they yeah. have there. So, and we know that I'm just ready to watch Orlando Brown just become a turnstile because that's what he is. <laughs> like, it, it's one of the funniest like things this offseason we see everybody uh, like try to bag on the Chiefs for. And Burrow's Orlando Burrow's not one hundred percent healthy either. So no, no. Cleveland it's Cleveland so... actually. I mean, Cody Cody just put it in chat, but Cleveland he thinks Cleveland's interesting, and so do I. I do too. I I actually. I think the Browns win this game, honestly. It wouldn't shock me. I mean, I wrote off Deshaun Watson last year because of how long the layoff is, but now that he's had played, you know, a handful of games last season and has had a full, undistracted offseason to go through, I think we start to see back to what he was in Houston. So, yeah. and I mean, they, they did him favors. They brought in Elijah Moore and... um. I mean, I would assume Nick Chubb's going to be on the field for a ton of work, and he's definitely better than Kareem Hunt is or was. And they still was, have one of the so. best offensive lines in the league. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I think I think the, the Browns' offense is definitely very interesting um, this year. Yeah. All right. So, I don't think we need to spend that much time on defense. Uh, I think that's kind of where I'm coming in at. So, let's do our favorite thing that we always do, and let's, uh, let's build a lineup. Let's do it. First one of the year. Yeah. So uh, I'll uh, I'll I'll let you lead it off. Uh, what are we starting with? Let's go with old uh, B Rob Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson, fifty one hundred dollars. You know what? I'm gonna go with it. You know, we just kind of talked about it a little bit. Fuck it. Let's do Deshaun Watson. Well, then you have to play Amari. I guess you don't have to. You could play Elijah and, and Joku, but I would I would want to play Amari personally, especially because they're at home. So yeah, give, that, me, that give me yeah, give me Amari. Yeah, and he's only fifty eight hundred. Jesus, yeah. he's only fifty eight hundred. Dude, that so do you want to do free. run back here of Jamar Chase. Chase? Yeah, yeah. All right. So I, I locked in uh, Elijah Moore too. So I got him locked in. Okay, so you want you want more instead of Njoku? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. All right, let me click. So that leaves a running more. back, tight end, flex, and defense with fifty three hundred dollars remaining to his position. Um, I don't want to fade Seattle at all. So let's go. Uh, you like DK or Lockett more? I'll say DK. All right, 7K. You know what? Uh, let me see something. Maybe it would be wiser because I would like to free up. I want at least some exposure to that Chargers-Miami game. And if we don't go Elijah and we go Njoku, that would free us up a wide receiver spot. Let's go ahead and also plug in um, – let's plug in defense too. All right. Let's – uh, I guess Commander, since we're stacking the Browns game, we don't want to use Browns. Little uh, running back and uh, defense correlation there. I like it. Little stack. Yeah, true. Okay. So fifty five hundred dollars remaining between a running back and a wide receiver. So we could, so we could completely just punt <laughs> the running back position and not have any like high price guy, and we could go with like a 
You know, we could do like a weird like Devin A chain and Mike Williams. Little mini stack. Or we could drop down from the defense and go Mostert. Yeah, you could go Mostert with Williams and then you just have you just need a twenty seven hundred dollar defense and I would I would rather go that route. So Dude, that's a sexy team. I actually like that a lot. I would say probably, I mean, what do you think? New England at home against Philly? I was thinking the Titans. Titans on the road in New Orleans? I could get behind that. Or Carolina. I guess Carolina would be the other option, too. Yeah, Carolina at ATL. I could get behind that, too. But I don't know if they're going to have Brian Burns. So, like, he's holding out. So, I think I'd rather have the Titans. I think New Orleans could end up throwing more. So... I would say Titans are probably the best bet for yeah. points. Yeah, yeah. I think it, Atlanta's probably just going to run the ball a shit ton. All right. So this puts it at Deshaun Watson, Brian Robinson, Raheem Mostert, Amari Cooper, Mike Williams, Jamar Chase, David Njoku, DK Metcalf, and the Titans team. Damn. I like that team. I actually really like that team too. Might have to throw that in a three max. That is, uh, that's really nice. Uh, I like the Jags team. I mean, that's, that's, this is three number ones on receiver. DK, Chase, and um, Amari with freaking Mike Williams as a number two. I like that. You get, you get some you get exposure to that Miami and Char- you know Chargers game. Um Yeah, mini stack with Mostert and Williams, and you get the um get the get some rushing touchdowns out of Washington and hope they don't score any passing touchdowns. I fuck with it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the that's that's the one. That's the one. I like that. I like that team. So uh, just over an hour on the show. Not not bad. Now, of course, we had Debro on here. Who we were we were supposed to have Debro on here. He's always on the first one, but he uh, we still be on IL QBs with with yeah <laughs> with COVID. Yeah, we, we at the very least we'd be at running back right now if uh, Debro was on the show, but. Uh, he is supposed to be back next week, I think. We talked about it a little bit today. Yeah. He's going to try to be back next week for week two, which we'll have a little bit more information by then. Uh, so that that should be fun. But uh, we're looking forward to another season with a DFS Gen Nation pod. So uh, let's win some money. Let's have fun. Again, don't go crazy this weekend. Um, it, you know, I say that every year, and I'll, I'll probably end up uh, playing too much uh, instead of just going light. Because that's what you really should do. It's not really all that advantageous to really go all but in it's, on week it's four. no fun to sit out the whole summer and then have it get here and be responsible come on kev that's not fun yeah no i i know i know that's what that's what gets me i'm like you know what, <laughs> you know what? no no I, I think i got an edge here i got an edge that's right what i'll in uh i'm, I'm, that, play, I'm playing that's, way more than I, than I want. that's what i tell myself is i have the edge because nobody knows what the hell they're doing including me so uh <laughs> and week one is just so it's so unknown right like what was it? Was it two years ago when Arizona became all, all of a sudden became like the uh, t- funnel against tight ends? It was week one. Somebody went for like 102 scores against them. And they were like, oh, maybe we should play tight ends against Arizona. And week two, you know, somebody went for like 100 yards and a score against them. <laughs> and so it's like you learn a lot. You know, you can learn a lot in week one that you didn't necessarily know was was the fact. And now Arizona is no longer got any of the players that they had, you know. But they're now somehow worse. Yeah, they're so incredibly bad. 
But I also think that if they do it right, that they could really be a really good – like, they had the pieces. They, they were oh. smart with trading that pick. And getting, Caleb getting Williams is unbelievable. Yes. And so, like, just don't fuck it up, Arizona. Like, just make sure you lose. Like, like now there's been, like, some of this talk about Kyler Murray. Like, oh, he's going to come back. Like, no, he's not. Like, they would be so stupid. Because if they, he comes back and he were to get injured and he can't pass the physical in May – or March, excuse me – that his contract becomes 100% guaranteed. Like yeah. you, like you cannot fuck this up because like there's such a good spot that I think they could trade him to like Atlanta over the off season, get even more picks back. And you could potentially draft Caleb Williams. And then if, depending on how bad Houston is, if they're allowed to win three or four games this year, then you could draft Marvin Harrison to get him his weapon to go with it. And you're, you're cooking with, you you're know, chilling. And you trade Kyler and you get all those picks. And so like, Arizona could like in a few years could be in a really good spot. Now Gannon, their head coach, needs to go. That dude is a moron. Like he's he's have you seen some of the stuff he said. He's like listening to paint dry. I know you're supposed know, to watch paint dry, but like, I, it sounds like listening to paint dry. Who took the bus? Who took the bus? God. Oh, also, if you're in if you're in a survivor pool, pick the commanders this week because you're not going to pick them the rest of the year. Just pick them week one. Yeah, they're yeah. they're not losing to Arizona. No way. There's oh, no man. way. And it sounds like Clayton Toon might be the, the quarterback. They they, they still have it. Their their depth chart is Clayton Toon or Josh Dobbs. So did you see? There was somebody put a clip of uh, Arizona out on the internet. The quarterback just throws a really lazy pass down the field, and like the receiver and cornerback are like half ass running, and it hits the defender in the back of a helmet. It's like <laughs> like this is how the Arizona uh, season is going to go. Pick the Commanders week one. I mean, it's true. Yeah. Arizona. Is I, I, I would be shocked if they trade Mark. They're, they're going to trade Marquise Brown probably at some point too. Like, but it, and like you said, like, at what point does you know the front office say you know you guys need to lose these games because well, you just what? put them in that position. You just keep trading their players away. I mean, they trade away Isaiah Simmons already. Um, yeah. Uh, true. For a seventh round pick, and then like I said, like I think you trade away Marquise Brown. And no, no, because like, what was it last year when Lovey Smith helped help the Bears by winning the game in Houston? Yeah, yeah, they were gonna had news gonna get fired. He got yeah, and he got he got you know people were pissed at him for it for actually like winning a game. So I mean that stuff's real. Oh yeah, they they can't they they can't mess this up. So before we get out of here, Walido, thoughts on the squad? If it was anybody else, maybe we wouldn't answer. But since you, Walido, Carr, Mostert, Mixon, Michael Thomas. Justin Jefferson, I'm assuming. Uh, Godwin, Njoku, Mike Williams, Commanders. So it's Carr, MT, Mini, Skinny Stack, with no run back. Mike Williams, Mostert, Mini, Mixon, Njoku, Mini. I mean, it's, it's fine. It's a lot of Mini Stacks. But you also got Justin Jefferson in there. I probably, I mean, I'm not on Godwin at all this year. Him and Evans as a whole, I just think that offense is going to be bad. But I mean, Minnesota is really bad too on defense. So I mean, I get it. I almost would, if it was me, would rather. What's Godwin's price? I'm just curious. Pay down at Justin Jefferson and drop from him and pay up for Michael Thomas to Chris Olave. I would just because Godwin's five nine, I would drop or raise Godwin to the sixty five hundred of Olave and drop MT to like whatever's forty five hundred if you want to keep JJ. 
Like say flowers. Yeah. Just 4K. Um, or or if there's somehow a running back that becomes available from an injury or something, you could move Mike Williams from the flex. Yeah. No, there's definitely things you could do, but I, w- I definitely would play a Lave before I played MT. Yeah, because I just don't know what kind of ceiling Michael Thomas truly has anymore. Like, I, he's definitely going to be the possession wide receiver for yeah. sure. Um, But I still think Chris Olave is the alpha in this offense, and he's the deep threat in this offense. And so, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I don't, I don't mind seeing like, I don't like, it's hard for me to play Derek Carr uh, just because it's Derek Carr, but it wouldn't shock me if he, you know, if he could get you the the question, I guess is the ceiling that you, that that you think you're going to need this week to. Right. um, Cause cars 5,300, right. If he gets you 20 to 25 at 5,300, you're chill. You're actually chilling unless somebody goes for 35 or 40. Yeah. So, so yeah, if, if you think nobody breaks the slate, uh, you pay down a QB. And play all the dudes. Yeah. So, all right. That being said, appreciate everybody. Rock with this. Glad to be back. I'm excited about it. I'm happy football is back. Finally. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a White Sox fan, and it has been uh, pretty pretty brutal <laughs> around these parts. So I'm happy football is back uh, here for uh, this because I am done with the Chicago White Sox for the season. So, anyways. Uh, with that being said, be sure to hit that like subscribe button. If you're listening on podcast form, be sure to rate and review. It really helps us out. And we will see you again next week. Now, we will be back next week at Thursday. I should put that out. That's our normal night we, we record. But with it being the Chiefs game and everything, you know, I mean, you know. Yeah, nobody, to nobody wants to be uh, recording a podcast on opening night. You yeah. want to be enjoying the game, no matter who's yeah. playing. Even if it was, you know, Browns versus Falcons or something ridiculous, I'd still be you know, wanting to just hang out and, and cut the TV on and just fire up, you know, all fire up, get all the lineups that you all your season longs and your best balls and be like, Oh, who do I need? What do I need? Oh no. He scored a touchdown. I'm in last. <laughs> oh, it's first game of week one, <laughs> but that's, you know, it's all the feels. So happy. Or tilting showdown slate, which I'll be. Yes. Doing. So, um, anyways, also, be sure to jump into our Discord. Uh, there's a link in every single one of our shows. Um, should be one in this one, but our Discord is absolutely free. Uh, we got DFS, we got Redraft, we got Best Ball, we got everything in there. Dynasty uh, player props is really big in there. Uh, Cody and Tom we, we should be going live this weekend for their player uh, prop bets show, which is a, a lot of fun too. So keep it locked in here. Uh, we ain't going anywhere. Uh, week one all the way through the Super Bowl is how we do. So Good luck this weekend. Make a lot of money, and we will see you again next Thursday for week two, hopefully with D-Bro. So have a good weekend with the money. You know who you're talking to? Well, you better get used to the way the ball bounces. I see what you got. Inventions and ounces. But that's a break, boy. You're a big man <laughs> I'll treat you like you're a little man